lies in the Vegas Video Network Studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Top of the Food Chain. And now your host, he's one part mohawk, two parts attitude, and a touch of what the f***, it's Al Mancini. Puts a smile on my face. Welcome to Top of the Food Chain. I am your host, Al Mancini, the man who, much like fine wine, gets better and more expensive with age. But once you've uncorked me, don't leave me lying around or I will get nasty on you. <laughs> and we are here on the Vegas Video Network live. Hopefully you're watching live. If so, get in the chat room. We'll get to that. Live chat going on. You can register and you can ask us all kinds of questions. We're going to be talking about wine collecting today and also about some great bargain dining available here in Las Vegas. We'll get to that in a minute, but first I got to let you know, you can always get all our back episodes at the Vegas Video Network, vegasvideonetwork.com. You can find this show, all of our many other shows on the network. You can also find all of them on iTunes, on Roku, on YouTube, and you can listen at KSHP, 1400 AM every Friday night. They just string us all together and let us ramble right into each other. Um, again, except the dirty guy, as I often say. They don't put him on. but. Um, I love being on a network where I'm not the dirty guy. That's so unusual for me, man. Um, if you are listening on KSHP, you have a question, you can dial it in. We'll listen to it on a future show. That, that number is 866-966-4599. Don't dial it in without a um, handless headset, though, because that's now illegal here in Nevada. So make sure you wait till you get home if you don't have a hands-free headset. If you have a question for a future show, you can email us. That is food at vegasvideonetwork.com. You can follow me on Twitter at um, Al Mancini Vegas. Find me on the Facebook, all that stuff. As I said today, in a few minutes, we are going to have a guest, Anthony Curtis from Las Vegas Advisor. Um, he will be talking bargains because this man knows. And you know, we're not talking like just cheap stuff. We're talking good stuff for not a lot of money. So. We will be chatting with him in a second. Get in the chat room for that. And after that, we're going to be talking about wine collecting with another good friend of mine. But first, we will start off today's show by talking to my buddy Scott. Scott, as we always say, konnichiwa. Uh, konnichiwa, my brother. How are you today? Uh, another beautiful day in paradise, except for that 60-degree thing, which I don't much care for. The 60, oh, you know, it's kind of nice. It gives me oh. an excuse to wear some of my leather jackets, you know? Well, I don't have any leather jackets, Al. Oh, well, you've got, you want, you want to borrow one of mine, man? I don't. You need a couple leather jackets <laughs> in your wardrobe. Thank you, but it's, uh, it's not me. I'm actually waiting till it gets to where I can wear my fur, because there's only about one month that I can wear my fur, and it's really cool. It's a reversible fur, and it really pisses off animal rights activists, so that's, that's the weather I'm waiting for. We should do a meat episode during your fur-wearing episode time thing, whatever. Yeah, when I, we're, I'll wear my rabbit fur, and we'll have somebody come in here and maybe show us how to butcher down a rabbit. Nice. And you wouldn't even let him here. Let's kill him here. You wouldn't even let me kill the lobster on the air That's that right. I wanted to kill. Because I don't want to hear him scream. <laughs> they, no, we were going to do it with the knife through the skull. Remember? Yes, right. I know. You didn't want us to do that. <laughs> I know. You're freaking me out, man. Scott, I had one of the weirdest dates of my life this week. Well, let's hear about it. I, um, Especially since you're married, that's fascinating. Yeah, well, as you know, I mean, I'm married, and as you often ask, how often do I have to go out to eat and drink? And it's, you know, pretty much every night of the week. And I have a very beautiful and lovely wife. Um, we've been married over 20 years. And I think the reason she is so beautiful after 20 years of marriage is she does not go out to eat and drink with me <laughs> seven nights a week for these 14 course or whatever meals. So she's got a list of women 
that she knows and likes, and it's kind of my approved date list. Oh, nice. And as I was telling you last week, I judged a competition, a food competition, with, um, with Miss Nevada for the Miss um, USA pageant, Alana Lee. Beautiful, sweet young lady. Um, and, you know, it was a little odd for me because I don't usually hang out with beauty pageant contestants. Not exactly. Yeah, and there, there she is. Lovely young lady, less than half my age, I believe. And, um, you know, she, she was a sweetheart. And my wife liked her, and I like her. And, you know, my wife said, you should let Al take you out to dinner one of these days. So she reached out to me on Facebook, said, do you have anything coming up? And I said, as a matter of fact, I do. I have a dinner on Monday night down at Bar and Bistro um, in the Arts Factory. You want to come? You want to be my date? She said yes. And I said, OK, this is going to be fun. It's going to be a little weird, because it's going to be me out with a woman half my age who is a beauty queen, not exactly the typical couple. But I figured it would be a lot of fun. And it was. But here's, here's what I forgot to tell Alana, Scott. It was a whiskey pairing dinner. Yeah. So everything was made with whiskey. And everything had, you know, it was pretty much all the whiskey we could drink while we were eating it. Great bargain, by the way. Four courses, all this whiskey, 55 bucks. Bar, bar and bistro, great place to go for these specialty dinners. But I didn't tell her it was a whiskey dinner. And apparently what Alana had failed to tell me when we met is she is a pretty strict Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that, that, I'm sure my wife was thrilled because, you know, that means she was going to be very well behaved. But, um, yes, yeah, so I actually got her to sit at the bar because she didn't have the sash on, so she can apparently sit at the bar when she's oh. not wearing the sash or the crown. And we had a great time. She loved the meal, but I just felt a little bad that I invited this poor young lady out, and then here we are in the middle of a bunch of whiskey swillers at this table, man. Did you drink her whiskey? I did. I drank her whiskey. Attaboy. That was Yes, well, it's the gentlemanly thing to it do, is. don't well, you think? <laughs> well played, well played. So yeah, it was probably the weirdest date of my life, but um, it was a lot of fun. And she is a sweetheart. I hope to get the chance to go out with her again. Maybe we'll have her as a guest on the show one of these days, or one of your other shows. That sounds great. Okay, cool. Anyway, we are coming back with Anthony Curtis in just a minute. First, this. Traditional media believes that after about three minutes, you'll tune out. Most Vegas media companies think if it doesn't jiggle, you won't tune in. At the Vegas Video Network, we think both are wrong. The Vegas Video Network is the first and only live online broadcast network that specializes in insider news and expert views about Vegas. We combine great storytelling with the ability to watch when and where you want on your computer, mobile device, or television. Discover the real Las Vegas. Visit VegasVideoNetwork.com. And we're back on top of the food chain on the Vegas Video Network. Scott, where'd you get that jiggly girl? <laughs> uh, where, where, I'm it's sorry. my mom. Yeah, just your mom? <laughs> yes. Well, that was nice. nice. Nice promo there. I like that. You're doing good work, Scott. Today, I have with me a very good friend, Mr. Anthony Curtis, the publisher of the Las Vegas Advisor. Al, good to see you. Good to see you. Good to be here. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Great website. <laughs> In the interest of full disclosure, also the um, owner of Huntington Press, which puts out my book, Eating Las Vegas. Eating Las Vegas 2012, uh, at the printer right now, uh, maybe, yeah. on, maybe on the truck already. It's, cool. it's, it's on its way. But that is not why we're here. We're not here to plug the book yet. We'll do many episodes dedicated to that, I promise you, <laughs> as many as Scott will let me. But Anthony, I mean, you run Las Vegas Advisor, and it's just, it's an incredible resource. Uh, I was, when I first got it, I thought, like, uh, you know, you gave me a subscription because I'm part of the family now. And I was thinking, Because uh, you, you don't know, like to pay for things. I don't, I, I don't like to pay for yeah, things. Right. But, you know, I was thinking, oh, uh, this is kind of like a coupon book or something. It's going to be like low end stuff. But what you really, you seek out incredible deals on 
great hotel rooms, great meals, great food. I mean, it's not like where do you get you know the 99 cent shrimp cocktail and only that. You do mention those things as well, but mm -hmm. you really scour this town for some incredible bargains. Well, it goes back to the you know the genesis of it and where it began. And you know, I came to Vegas way way back in uh, 1979, and I came here specifically to play blackjack and to gamble for a living, which I did for quite a long time. That got pretty good after a while, but in the beginning it was very, very lean. And I needed to eat, you know, and I needed to find things, and I needed to have fun and, you know, have a life. Well, I didn't have much money, and I was trying to make things work. So I was in casinos every day, and I began to realize, wow, there's a lot of stuff out here. <clears throat> so I began to think about publishing down the line, and I thought people would like to know about this someday. And when I got to the point where I really couldn't play blackjack anymore because our team had played very, very well and we were successful, I went into publishing the newsletter, and all of a sudden, boom, man, explosion. And uh, before I knew it, we had a couple thousand subscribers, and now we're at uh, close to 50,000. Obviously, subscribing is a great way to find bargains, but you know, for the other people out there, just general rules. How are the best ways, what are the best ways to find bargains in this town? Is it to register for the players' clubs and things like that? You know, in Las Vegas, you always want to sign up for things. You know, that, people don't want to sign up for things. They're afraid of spam and stuff in their mailbox. But when you sign up in casinos, you get good stuff. So you want to get your name on lists, and that means joining players' clubs and you know, getting email from casinos because that's where you find out about stuff. Obviously, you've got to read the periodicals. You, you know, our newsletter, there are other newsletters, there are magazines, there are, there are shows, there are blogs, there are things. You want to stay informed. That's how you find out about the good stuff. Um, where do you find the better, uh, is the strip downtown or off-strip restaurants? Where are you finding bargains in this town right now? You know, now? it's weird how it changes. It changes all the time. I mean, right now, in the top 10 in the Las Vegas Advisor, we usually have about 7 out of 10 are food deals. One of them is at Cosmopolitan right now. You know it well. It's a lunch special you know, at Milo's at the Greek restaurant. Yeah, 20, and, tell people a bit well, about it's, this. It's 21, it's 21 bucks, and it's a three-course meal, and it's the sort of thing that you'd pay 121 for, you know, almost. If you were going to have dinner there and have those courses and those sizes. Well, you know, the strategy for them is you do pay 121 if you have about three glasses of wine with it and a beer, you know, <laughs> which, true. which I did the last time I was there. But, you know, you go in and you take advantage of the lost leaders. That's really what it's about. Uh, there's so much competition in Vegas. The casinos want to bring you in. They're willing to give something away to get you through the door. So you take advantage of those lost leaders, and a lot of them are food and booze. Another thing I like to tell people about is happy hours, lounge menus during happy hours. I mean, that seems They're to amazing. be, you can go into these world-class restaurants, world-famous chefs, and they've got these bites that are not small. They call them small <clears throat> bites, but incredible deals, right? Yeah, the happy hours right now are second only to room rates in terms of where the value is in Vegas. I mean, you can go to the biggest restaurants on the Strip, you know, American Fish and Michael Mina and, you know, PJ Clark's and, uh, you know, and on and on and on, really, and they've all got happy hours. You know, Lakeside at the Wind just had one where they had, I believe it was dollar oysters. Uh, you know, and I went in and bought, what, 36 of them here. <laughs> right. You know, 36 bucks for what you normally pay. Again, you probably 99 bucks to buy those things regular. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing I think people don't really get is a lot of people here in Las Vegas tend to eat late. I mean, you know, if I'm going to dinner, I make an 8.30, 9 o'clock reservation. I'm sure you do the same mm -hmm. most of the time. But a lot of people that are coming to Vegas on vacation are not that attached to eating late. They may have a late show. So if you're willing to eat at five, between 5 and 7 o'clock, which is yeah. when a lot of you guys are probably eating at home when dad gets home from work or whatever, like I, when I was a kid, when mom gets home, whoever gets home from work, if 5 to 7 is an okay time for you to eat, you can go into the American fish, like you mm -hmm. said, and you get these, at, what is it, $7 a piece or $5 a piece for I the think it's, dishes? I think, I think five. it's 5 to 7, you know, they kinda, yep. there's a little scale thing, but there's nothing, there's nothing above scale American fish. Right. So, you know, but I mean, you know, there's, there's oh, nothing above 7 bucks in there. And you're talking, 
you know, you're talking shrimp with the head on them, and you're talking prime rib sandwiches, and you're talking the kind of stuff that you go in there and go, I'm going to spend a lot of money here. And they, you know, they move around. Uh, Red Rock, a place called T-Bone. T-Bone had an amazing too. happy hour for a while. It was so good they had to stop it. I mean, literally, I talked to the chef. I saw him at Vintner Grill or something like that, and I said, "What happened to the happy hour?" I was you kidding? He goes, "It's just too good." So you know, you just got to find them. They go from place to place, but yeah, you take advantage of those, and you're living. You're living. Circus well. Circus is an amazing one too, and their steakhouse. Yeah. And I know a lot of you are going to say, "Oh, I'm never setting foot in Circus Circus," and I can understand because I don't like Circus Circus very much as a casino. I mean, it seems to me there's a bunch of children, and they all have their kids in tow. Yeah, but not in the steakhouse. But you no, know, not you know, in the steakhouse. And that's the deal. If you can get through the babies having babies running around playing arcade games, make it to the steakhouse. It's beautiful in there. Great dark, you know room mm -hmm. and it feels really cool and all these dishes between five and seven bucks yeah like prime rib that you cook on a stone I think for five bucks and it's it's a full helping I mean if you order most of these happy hour menus we're talking about I'd say if you order two dishes for yourself you've had dinner yeah really. yeah I mean, pretty much two five to seven dollar dishes you're gonna be it depends on what you want to do like I mean like right now PJ Clark's has something they used to call oyster riot they've just changed the name to the pearl happy hour for some reason but these are dollar oysters. You, you know, you get them by the dozen or two dozen, whatever you want. And I mean, you can go to town with that. And they, they, at the time, they had uh, two-for-one beers, too. So they didn't kill you on the alcohol. Now they've kind of wised up, and they're not doing that anymore. But I mean, you know, Brand Steakhouse is another one, where they'll give you the, you know, the, the skinny beef to cook on a hot rock. And you know, right. you get into that kind of stuff, and it becomes a comedy show on the side where you try to eat it. But I mean, <laughs> these are experiences in food and in you know, just kind of ambiance and being able to see places around Vegas. Absolutely. We've got a question. Scott. Yeah, Nate wants to know, does Anthony have tips for off-strip local properties as well? And if so, do you have any recommendations? You know, some of the things that are going on off-strip are really great. And I mean, you know, I'm talking about some of the restaurants for sure. Certainly the China, Chinatown stuff is great. Some of the bars are amazing. I mean, I went into Jackson's. It's a bar on, on Flamingo. Um, or is it, the, uh, is it Flamingo or is it Spring Mountain? Uh, it's Flamingo. It's Flamingo, a bar on Flamingo, yeah, yeah by Norris. Right. And I ordered, uh, they have a prime rib night on, night on Monday, it's $9.99. And I ordered a end cut prime rib. And I mean, it was ridiculous. It was $9.99 and it looked like the Flintstones. You know, and that old Flintstones thing, <laughs> yeah. it tipped the car over. And people are coming over and asking me what it is. And I'm like, it's prime rib, prime rib special. And I mean, that's a bar, Jackson's. Yeah. Um, you know, I went to the, the local corner. We always do something called local corner in LVA. This, uh, this month, it's Big Wong's. You know Big Wong's. Yeah. It's over there by Raku in the, right, in the in strip mall. Little... I mean, you get a big bowl of their ramen, but it's not just ramen noodles. I mean, it's full of gigantic pieces of stew beef. And I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. You can't even finish it. It's $5.95. Yeah. And also, so, for, also for ramen right in that same area is Manta. Well, everyone is... loves Manta. Manta is supposedly the authentic. That's the Japanese way. That's it, right? Right. I don't know, man. I'm Big Wong. You know? okay. <laughs> I'm over there. Well, I'm getting big pieces of beef. Definitely check them both out because you're not going to pay more than nine bucks over at Monta. And okay, yeah. you'll save a couple bucks if you go in. But still, these are these are great deals. Also, I want to throw a, a plug to a friend of ours is um, Vintner Grill. They do the free cheese and wine every day, every single weekday for an hour. I think it's from five to six or from six to seven, and you sample a cheese and you get free wine. Yeah, it's another right. happy hour. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just another another example of the happy hour. But I mean, where I find really the great, some of the best deals I find are in the off-strip places, you know, or in the non-casino places. Um, Diamond China, it's just a little Chinese place over on, uh, on, on Sahara. You know, fantastic. The best uh, hot and sour soup you'll ever taste. You know, the shrimp of the head, the, you know, the hot pots, this kind of stuff. You're out of these places for $14. It's amazing. Yeah. 
Um, what do you think? Everybody always likes these kind of off the off the menu local specials, like the Hard Rock, the seven 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 steak and shrimp. Everybody asks me about that, and inevitably, everybody comes back to me and says, oh, "That wasn't really that good." And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> yeah. you spent seven dollars and seventy seven cents on steak and shrimp. Yeah. You know, what did you expect?" I mean, I I think the the advertised specials tend to be better than these supposed secrets that everybody wants to be into. Yeah, the the off the menu special special is kind of a big myth in Vegas. You know, there's a few of them. Now, I would argue, I think the 777 Gambler special at the Hard Rock uh, in the uh, Mr. Lucky's is pretty good. I mean, if only for the salad you get and the big, you know, uh, garlic mashed potatoes and all of that, I think it's strong. Now, they call it an off the, off the menu special, but it's not really because everybody knows about it, but it's the Ellis Island steak dinner that's around the clock, 24 hours a day, it's six ninety-five for the steak, and you get a uh, you know full steak dinner, and you get a, a microbrew with it. To me, that's about the best deal in Vegas because it's a big fillet-cut sirloin. It's good stuff. I mean, right. it, this is not cheap meat. Anybody having like late, and also at Ellis Island, by the way, they make their own beer right there. Mm -hmm. It's probably the biggest brewery in Nevada, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's right there. And yeah, um, yeah so you got good beer there, and I did. I don't think I'm allowed there. I got kicked out for karaoke one night because you're not That's, that sounds hard to do you're not supposed to curse or swing the microphone and i did both oh, so okay. I had at the be, same time yeah and i had to be Sweet. escorted out by security which was funny it was about 10 years ago but those black books last a long time yes they do, they do. um what about late night deals you have any late night deals you're really into you know, a lot of people always ask me about dining late at night. Yeah, the late, you know, the late night stuff is, uh, for the late night, I like some of the, again, some of the bars. You know, I mean, the place called the Coachman's. Coachman's is down in DI and Eastern. I mean, late night there, you can get a, get a full lobster for, uh, I think it's twenty nine ninety five, And this is like a main lobster they serve right to you. I mean, with everything, the corn and the baked potato and, you know, salad on the side, that sort of thing. So, you know, I kind of cat around late night and look for those kind of places. In the casinos... There aren't that many late night places, really. You know, they call late night 12 o'clock. To me, that's not really late. Right. Michelle Richard's place is now open 24 hours in Caesars. And oh, I've that's heard. That's good food, but there's just kind of still getting their sea shop, legs right? together. Big, well, he's a James Beard winning chef, so it's. Um, so? Well, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Your, I wouldn't compare it to a typical coffee shop. But is, it, is, it, is it under 10 bucks? I mean. Uh, no, no. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, man, thanks a lot. I appreciate you coming down, man. I know you've got to get back to work. Okay. You've got the new Las Vegas advisor coming out. Now, if people want to um, subscribe, you, explain real quick. You've got the website. And then you've got the newsletter that comes out every so often, and then you've got a book that comes out every so often. Every so right? often. Well, no, yeah, whenever I don't know. we feel like it, we just when do it. I get it in the mail, that's when I have it. Yeah. So it's a monthly newsletter. It's a, it's and then a it... monthly. Yeah, the, the Las Vegas Advisor is basically a consumer reports for Las Vegas. You know, we yeah. look for the best values, deals, bargains, but not just in food. You know, I mean, where is the where's the show value? Where's the you know right now top show value right now? Uh, Riviera just come up with a new buffet. They got a brand new buffet. It's not the old Riviera buffet, as they told me over there. We now have meat. <laughs> well, that's nice of them. But, I mean, it's a dinner buffet, and it's one ticket to the comedy club for 22 bucks. Insane. I mean, yeah. that's an insanely great night out. So we look for that kind of stuff, and we're also like true to what I came here to do is the gambling. We really analyze the games. Right. Uh, just went over the Margarita, the new Margaritaville Casino. It's terrible. Horrible rules, everything, and we say so. So, you know, yeah. lasvegasadvisor.com. So you can subscribe to that. Is it free to get the newsletter, or you have to become a member? No, you've got to be a member. We give a lot away for free at lasvegasadvisor.com, but for the good stuff, the newsletter, the coupon book, everything else, it's 37 And the coupon book comes, what, quarterly, mm, annually? It's, it's, it's annually. It's good for, it's like 160 of them that we negotiate ourselves. Right. good for the year, but then we get what we call member rewards online, and we do that all throughout the year. Okay, great. Well, thanks a lot, man. Get back to work. You've got to get my book out, please. Absolutely. We'll be back talking wine right after this. Oh, 
Hello there. My name is Brandon Gooch Han, host of Awkward Silence 2.1. And when I'm not living vicariously through Chris Phillips, I'm on VegasVideoNetwork.com. And we are back on top of the food chain. Once again, I'm your host, Al Mancini. And we are going from ways to save money to ways to spend a lot of money, like a lot of money. We're talking wine collecting today. I have Jeff Wyatt with me. Jeff, how are you, man? Doing fantastic. How about you? Good to see you. Jeff is um, owner of Marche Bacchus. Work there. My wife's the owner, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff is indentured servant to his Absolutely. wife at Marche Bacchus. <laughs> and to wine. <laughs> and to wine, yes. And, um, Absolutely. And give people a little bit of background about Marche Bacchus. It was, even before you came on board, it was a wine retail store here in Las Vegas, probably one of the better wine retail stores in Las Vegas. And then the owners at the time decided to expand it to make it a bistro, mm -hmm. French bistro mm -hmm. cuisine. Um, the cool thing about it always has been that you can buy this incredible wine at retail prices and then bring it into the restaurant and you can uncork it for 10 bucks is all you charge as a cork. Absolutely fee. fantastic deal, yeah, absolutely. And then you were off working in the medical field, right? <laughs> yeah, I was a healthcare executive and uh, got bitten by a bug about 15, 20 years ago, unfortunately. And uh, so I just uh, started collecting wine and uh, turned it into a uh, passion into uh, what I do for a living now, which is absolutely fantastic. Well, the reason I want to talk about collecting wine is um, I have to give credit where credit is due. Desert Companion, uh, we have, I guess, the website up there. But the drinking issue just came out this week. Um, great magazine, particularly because they hire me once in a while to write for them, and they actually send checks. <laughs> and I like that from employers. So, um, and they're also owned by NPR, KNPR, and it's a great local magazine. And they did a piece, and it was written by um, Heidi Kaiser. And it was about um, how to collect wine, wine collecting for beginners. And I was reading this piece, and I was saying, Oh, this is really cool. You know, I never really thought about getting into collecting wine. I'm not going to be doing it anytime soon, but um, <laughs> but it's interesting. And once in a while, you know, there were it, it answered a lot of questions, but it also raised a lot of questions for me. And I said, well, you know, I will just steal Heidi's idea and I'll talk to Jeff about it, and, and I'll get my saying. questions answered. So thanks a lot to everybody. Should we drink some wine? We're talking. Let's drink some wine while we're talking. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I mean, this is the first show no where time. we haven't opened booze in a long time. So. Absolutely. And what are we drinking here? Uh, this is actually uh, a great wine uh, called Modus. It's a blend, so it's a super Tuscan wine. And it's produced by a really good producer named uh, Rufino. So a lot of folks do know their, uh, their uh, Chiantis, uh, their gold and the tan label. This is actually a super Tuscan wine. It's a blend of Cabernet, San Sangiovese, and Merlot. It actually happens to be the number 25 wine uh, of the year from Wine Spectator. Uh, in 2010. So it's an absolutely fantastic wine. Soft. The Sangiovese gives you that softness. Cabernet gives you that background. Uh, the Merlot gives you that nice uh, round flavor as well. Just great stuff, don't you think? Beautiful nose, huh? Yeah, very good. Absolutely. Thank you. As I always say, and I've told, my, told you guys out there many times, I'm not going to do a show teaching people about wine because unlike tequila or cognac or armagnac where I can give people the basics in 20 minutes, I could put you on here for a half hour every day for two years and you would have something new to teach people. And yeah. maybe you should talk to Scott and get a show doing that, but that's not my <laughs> thing. So, um, How about it, Scott? <laughs> but collecting mm -hmm. is a weird concept to me because you said you became a wine collector. Yeah, yeah. And there are wine collectors out there. Definitely. Okay, here's the thing. When you collect most things, mm -hmm. whether it's coins or toys, antique toys or cars, cars or what, well, no, cars are a little different. You use cars. Yeah. To you don't use your coins. You don't put your postage stamp on a letter. You know, you don't. You can't take your GI Joe out of the plastic. True. At least you can drive your car. 
but you still have the car there. Yeah. You, you have to service it, though, for upkeep. Yeah. Wine, you drink it, and it's gone. So you're not just sitting there holding on to it. So that's my thing is, do people collect wines so that they can stare at it, or do they collect wine so they can drink it? I, a lot of people collect wine because they're collectors. I, I, one of my biggest wine consumers and collectors, actually, uh, he just can't, he can't part with it. He loves to look at it. He loves to examine it. He loves to know that it's in his cellar. Um, he's a, he's a, a very avid collector, not just of wine, too, but other, other things as well, uh, which is infectious, I guess, to some degree. It has been for me, too. So... Uh, but uh, but yeah, the 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 true collectors, like from my from my own personal uh, position, the true collector is going to actually taste what's in his cellar. You you want to know how it's going to mature. You're going to want to you want to know what that wine tastes like. You want to share it with friends. Uh, in the ultimate analysis, that's why a lot of us buy wine, even as collectors. So you know, it's the it's the penis kind of thing. You know, <laughs> look okay. at look at what I've got. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, hold on. Because of commercial for a second, um, much like cars. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Hopefully not like GI Joes. Not like GI Joes, <laughs> but it's it's sort of that kind of thing. You know, it's like look what I've got, and uh, right. and uh, it's just like that bottle of Petrus we have sitting on the end of the table. Well, yeah. This is. I mean, can we shoot this? this Pet, is it Petrus or Petrus? Uh, Petrus. Uh, I've always called it Petrus, but tomato, tomato. I'm not a wine person. I mean, this, this is, first of all, one of the, I know it because I know a place where you can get it with a hamburger mm -hmm. for $5,000. But that's a 91, I think, they serve with their hamburger Absolutely. for $5,000. You've got a 50-something bottle 55, here. actually, yeah. A very rare uh, bottle of wine, actually, that uh, you don't see often. I think we, we might be one of the few that actually has one in the city. Uh, the wine's beautiful, and everyone's seen sideways. Uh, I'm not drinking any in Merlot. Well, actually, I've, I've had people tell me that while they're drinking a bottle of Petrus, which is actually 100% Merlot. So. Really? But <laughs> it's, some, uh, something it's, like that is really, you're, you're going to want to show that off a lot before absolutely. you drink that, right? Absolutely. We're talking ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000? About $10,000. Yeah. Yeah. If it's in perfect condition, about $10,000 for a wow. bottle of wine. That's a lot. It's, yeah, there's not many of them floating around these days, unfortunately. And, but uh, a great bottle for those uh, that can afford it. And uh, something that the collector will want to have in, in his cellar I or her never, cellar. I've never had it, but I know enough that I should tell people it has hints of truffles, correct? It definitely does. Yes. And it picks it up uh, even more so with age, actually. Right. Um, oh, I want to talk about the value of wine. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, sure. when you collect things, you always hope the value is going to go up. Mm -hmm. um, in Doesn't the current economy, a lot of collectibles have gone down. Mm -hmm. Wine in general, let's bar economic ups and downs, because mm -hmm. clearly that affects things. Yeah. But in general... Does wine go up and down? Does it only go up? Does it go up to a certain age and then it levels off? And I mean, how does it work generally, the value of a bottle of wine? A very good question. We're talking about a product that actually has uh, some finite availability, particularly in a vintage, and a, and a, and a good vintage. Uh, so those will all be searched out and, and sought after by the individuals who have money and do want to collect them. Uh, so, so we're talking about something with a finite amount of supply. So, so certainly, uh, as the supply uh, is, is uh, consumed, uh, less of it's available. Generally, if it's, very, if it's a good wine, they'll go up in price. Uh, the auction indexes in 2008 obviously declined. Uh, individuals who had sellers were selling them, so there's availability. Supply was greater. Uh, individuals who had money that were buying before didn't have that, uh, that right. money. So, but yeah, but I'm saying yeah. barring the... Bar, but, but, but typically, barring any of those kinds of circumstances, that's kind of what I'm preluding to that. Fine wine is a good investment, uh, and it, it, it uh, actually has beaten the stock market over a number of different years, uh, particularly in the, in the last uh, 10. Uh, and so I have some individuals who are investors who actually have uh, invested significant amounts of money 
uh, in fine wine because they know that that's part of a good uh, hedge strategy and it's also part of a good investment strategy too. I want to get a little back to that, but first we have a question. Scott. Yeah, Bill wants to know, what is a reasonable amount to invest to begin a decent wine collection? Yeah, good, good question. Um, there's, there's so many definitions here when we say decent. Um, let's, let's, let's look at someone who's going to just, just start out initially. The first thing they should probably do uh, is they should probably buy some, some type of uh, device to actually store the wine properly. Yeah, and I wanted to get into that with you. Should I talk about that while we're talking? Or should we talk about the let's investment talk first and the answers? First question. about the investment, because, I, and here's, I guess, a question if I can try to sum it up. Can I start a collection if I have $100 a month to invest in wine? Absolutely. Absolutely. This wine we're drinking is a collectible wine. It's, it's $31 retail. Okay. And, it, and it will absolutely improve with age. Uh, it's a very uh, sought-after wine. It's very collectible. Certainly, these other wines are much more expensive, and, and right. they will you will uh, eventually come to collect them. But $100 a month, uh, if you're buying wines in the $30 range, gets you three, three bottles a month. Uh, that's 36 bottles a year. That's certainly. And if you're buying, and that article that I was talking about, they actually recommended one. I think it was William Scherer, mm -hmm. who we both know over at REO. I believe he's the one that said it. But recommended buying in threes because then there's one that you can drink if you enjoy it, yep. and then there's one that you can hold on for a night that you want to impress your friend somewhere <laughs> down the line, and that there's one that you can really put away as an investment. Absolutely. Is that a, is that a fair that's, rule of thumb? That's a perfect strategy because what it allows you to do too is it. Uh, it allows you to open the bottles at different times to see how they age. And seeing how they age will also tell you whether or not you want to buy more of that wine. Uh, that's one thing I would definitely recommend to anyone who's going to be a collector, is that if you buy wine, buy it in multiple quantities of the same wine in the same vintage, so that you know how the wine matures, you know how the wine develops over time, so that it gives you an idea of where it's going, uh, and you also might come to the conclusion you want to buy more of it because of that. Um, you, you spoke about storage because, yeah, you know, I, my wife was telling me she read an article about things you'll never get your money's worth <laughs> out of in life. And uh, actually a pool in your backyard was one of them. But, That's you know, a lot of people love it, but you really never really get your money's worth Absolutely. out of it. Absolutely. And um, a wine cellar was high on the list. Hmm. That you'll never get your money's, out, money's worth out of a wine cellar. Yeah. Do you need to build a cellar? Well, the funny thing is I got more people selling them than buying them sometimes. But, you know, the funny part is the enjoyment you get out of it and the enjoyment you get out of collecting wine. Uh, is really, I think, the measure uh, of, of what that seller is really worth. It's, it's like buying anything, a car or anything else. It's not going to be worth what, what you paid for it. At some Do point I need future. a seller to become a collector? Or can I buy a fruit refrigerator yeah, or absolutely. something? Absolutely. And when we say seller, we say seller in the general terms. We're talking about something, be it a room, be it a, a storage box, be it a, 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 a basement in a home that actually will allow you to maintain a consistent temperature that's around 50 to 55 degrees. A relative humidity of around 70, 75%. Uh, it's going to be dark so that you don't have light exposing uh, uh, the wine exposed to light, uh, and also vibration free. So any of any anything that's going to do that for you is going to be is, you'll be successful and uh, in in collecting wines and having them uh, actually be in good shape long term. So can you start with say a decent fridge and then move on to? Getting a better air conditioning for the, your Absolutely. back bedroom that you don't use, and Absolutely. you know, just expand it as it goes. I, I started with a small uh, freestanding cellar, uh, and now I have a 1,500 bottle room that basically is temperature controlled and humidity controlled. Uh, it's that's the natural progression of things over time. What's the price for that that freestanding unit, uh, an entry level one? Uh, entry level one, you can you can spend as, as little as 175 dollars and get one that's more than adequate uh, for anyone's needs. 
And then to go back to the, the viewer's question or the listener's question uh, is that um, it depends. Uh, what, can you start with $1,000 and actually apply $175 to the seller and the remainder to some very good wine? The answer is yes. You can actually do that for around $500 uh, for your initial investment if you're picking wines like this wine modus. Uh, if you spend $200 in the seller, you still have $300, which is 10 bottles of this great wine. Right. Absolutely. We've got another question. Scott, please. Yeah, I've actually got two more. We have two more questions, from, one from Bob. Bob wants to know, should you be buying or purchasing a case of wine at, at a time, or should I just be buying by the bottle? And uh, then Jackie wants to know if you can recommend a small wine cooler that you think is decent, something that would hold between 6 to 12 bottles mm -hmm. or so. Sure. Uh, answer the first question. It's sort of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, it's better to buy more than a single bottle of wine. Uh, and the reason, again, is because uh, you, you, once you taste the, the one bottle that you have, uh, if it's not, if, if you can't find it at a later point in time, let's say you buy it and three years later you drink it, uh, and all of a sudden you think to yourself, wow, I really like this, where it's going now, I would like to know where to go in the future, well, chances are you may not be able to find that bottle of wine again. It's certainly not at the price, the introductory price you found it at initially. So it's, it's better to buy multiple units. Is it always best to buy a case? Well, there's a reason that, uh, that you buy it in cases, and a lot, uh, in most cases, no pun intended, it's because the, uh, it, it money, actually, right? you get a 10% discount usually, right. or case quantity discounts. And, and also that gives you the opportunity, I mean, from my perspective, I have a great friend, we drink a bottle of uh, 93 Latash every Christmas when we get a chance to, because uh, we want to know where that wine's going and what it's tasting like. Still not ready yet, uh, but and, <laughs> do you and, take notes every time so we you that, remember it, or do you just? <laughs> we both look at each other and think, "Wow, year. you know, we just drank a five thousand dollar bottle of wine. We must be out of our minds." <laughs> but um, yeah, we, we take mental notes. We talk about it. We, we both look at each other and say, "The wine's not ready yet." So if he had bought one <laughs> bottle, five thousand dollars not ready wow. yet. Exactly. And the thing is, you know, if you buy one bottle, we could have only done that one time, and right. it, we'd have both been would have been sorely disappointed because the wine wasn't ready, and it's still not ready. And we've already did this. We've done this ten times already. And as know. to Jackie's question about recommending a small cooler, yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of uh, uh, companies that actually specialize in doing this. Uh, IWA Wine is one of them, uh, and also Wine Enthusiast. Uh, they they have them uh, available, and you can you can just go uh, shop online, and uh, they come in all different shapes, sizes, uh, even uh, colors, and uh, you can find them from as inexpensive as $175 or maybe $150 for the little small, uh, sit on the top of the counter styles, uh, to as much as $10,000 uh, for the for the Eurocovs that uh, have uh, handmade finishes and things like that. So it depends on your budget, uh, but certainly you, if you want a small six bottle seller, uh, those sites have them. Uh, have even uh, even Costco has them. Uh, you can pick them up almost anywhere. Okay, two questions about as wine gets older, because you say it does get more expensive, and a lot of people think it gets better. Generally. For, first of all, does it peak at a certain age, and does it start then, as a result, going down in price? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's the interesting question. Um, it's, wine definitely has a, has a peak point in terms of maturation. Uh, it's hard to define where that is, and the reason why is because wine is, is just like artwork, and we've told us, we've said this many, many times. It, the personal perception is, is everything. Mm -hmm. So what you think is uh, at maturation, I might think is uh, before its peak or maybe even after its prime. And that's all based on our own personal preferences. Uh, some people like wines that have uh, the, the mushroom characteristics that develop over time, uh, like that leathery content, that tobacco content, the cedar content that develops in Cabernet over time. Uh, other folks that, that prefer the fruit, uh, the fruit forward uh, varietals and the, and the fruit right. forward styles that are younger. Uh, but typically, yes, 
uh, once you've reached that maturation point, uh, and there's the, the perception in the buyer's mind is that wine could possibly be bad, uh, it does drop in value. We talk about values, and you talk about, is it something, there's a lot of collectibles out there. You can buy it for a certain price, mm -hmm. and it can, quote, double in price, mm -hmm. but you're still only going to get out of it what you put into it, because most of us don't go to auction to right. sell our stuff. Right. I mean, yes, if you have a rare car, you go to auction, but, I mean, you, all you have to do is tune into Pawn Stars, and there's people going <laughs> in every day with, I bought this thing, and it, they said it was worth this, and I just looked it up on eBay, Absolutely. and it's only, in the, like, and it's worth $1,000 on eBay, and they're like, yeah, great, I'll give you 400 bucks for it. Yep. So if I'm going to buy a wine, and, I, it does, and I, you said buying as an investment, mm -hmm. Will I be able to unload it and take advantage of that increase in price? Timing is the key. Uh, How, timing is what, what's the, key. the me mechanism? Do I have to go to an auction? Can I bring it into you and say, hey, Jeff, look, I got this cool old wine, and well, you want to sell it in your store? It, it typically, uh, typically, we have to buy from wholesalers. That's the, that, is the, that is the Nevada Provide Statute requirement. Uh, but there are wholesalers who can buy those wines actually from you and, uh, and then resell them to a retailer who's going to sell the wine to the ultimate consumer. Uh, and, but um, the big collectors, the individuals that, uh, like the guy I was telling you about a little earlier, uh, the big collectors typically will end up selling those wines at auction. Uh, a Sherry Lehman auction, uh, any of the big auction houses. Hong Kong is a fantastic uh, uh, locale uh, for the sale of very rare and very fine Bordeaux and Burgundy right now. But I'm not going to do that with you, this $30 bottle of wine. If no. in five years from now it's going for $60, no. I'm not going to be able to double my money on that. You're That's gonna, not an investment. You're going to drink it. That to drink, you're going right? to drink it. Absolutely. That's what this wine was made to. The, these these other wines, uh, the Petrus. Certainly, that wine was uh, is something that a collector is going to probably buy uh, and is going to actually sell at some point in auction if they if they not if if they don't just decide to drink it one day. Well, this yeah. is great. We've we've touched on so many ideas, a lot more that I want to talk about. Maybe I'll have you back and we'll do a part two of this somewhere down the Anytime line. Anytime you'd like. In the meantime, man, it's always a pleasure to have you. Same Thank right. you very Absolutely. much. Guys, tune in next week. I do not know exactly what I'll be talking about, but it'll involve food, and hopefully there will be some booze involved. In the meantime, <laughs> follow me on um, Twitter, Al Mancini Vegas. Um, you can find, all the, of course, all the stuff here at Vegas Video Network. And um, buy the old copy of my book, Eating Las Vegas, the 50 Essential Restaurants. No, you know what? Don't even. Go to shoplva.com. Right now, we're giving 50% off the new edition of the book, which is coming out November 14th. So check that out. You get it for like 650. Come on, man. That's, that's a good cheap. deal on a bus. Absolutely. Anyway, thanks a lot. Have a good one.